This is Amaryllis from Ace Travels with Coach Carmen. Welcome to Eat Well, Travel Often, the podcast where each episode we explore a new destination, its food and its culture. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back if you've been listening or been with us for a while. And welcome if you're new to our podcast. This is Eat Well, Travel Often. I'm Amaryllis Korea from Ace Travels, and I'm here with my co-host, Carmen Carrion from A Happy Balanced Life. <laughs> I always... Huh? I said, hello, everyone. (laughs) I always want to say a healthy, balanced life, because if you guys don't know, Carmen (laughs) is a wellness coach, although she doesn't just look at, like, nutrition. She looks at, you know, uh, being well-balanced from a holistic approach. Exactly. So I don't know my inkling or my inclination (laughs) to always say a a healthy, balanced life, even though I know in my head that it's a happy, balanced life. (laughs) It's all good. They're both wonderful, so don't worry. (laughs) I have to like remind myself in the conversation, like in my head, like, no, 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 I'm realist. It's happy. I have a, a, um, a knack for changing the name of things. I've said this so many times, like, and I used to make fun of my mom because my mom used to do it when we were younger. She would change like the name of movies and stuff like that. And, um, and now I find myself doing it too. So I guess, you know, karma for laughing at her. She's, <laughs> she's always saying to me, wait till you get older. I know. You, get older. We become our parents. We do. Exactly. Uh, All right. So today's episode, we're actually going to change things up a little bit. We've been trying to incorporate some new uh, uh, conversations, themes, um, things into the mix. Uh, We're not going to stray away from our destination specific episodes, but we wanted to bring in a little bit more, um, a little bit of different ideas. And so today we're actually going to talk about some tips or ways that you can save money when you're traveling. Uh, And this is just coming from our own experience, things that we've done. We're going to try to share examples in some of the tips that we give. Uh, We're going to start because our our podcast itself is very much focused on food. We're going to start with some tips on how to save money as it pertains to actually to eating when you're traveling. Um, I'm going to start by saying this. So I work with a lot of clients. I help them curate their, their, uh, their trips, their journeys. And uh, usually in the, at the onset of the conversation, I will ask them, what is your budget? And they will give me, sometimes they know what their budget is. Sometimes they're like, I don't have a budget. I'm like, oh, you have a budget. Everybody has a budget. budget. You just don't know what it is yet. (laughs) Exactly. But What I find is that for most people, budget means flights, hotels, transfers, maybe excursions, but people never take into account food. And if you think about it, actually, depending on the size of your family, eating while you're traveling can be a major, major expense. Mm -hmm. So, and Carmen, you know, because you had a family of, you know, five Yes. Five, so five, sometimes seven with exactly. kids, right? So, yeah. So, you know, um, for me, you know, it's just me and my husband sometimes when we're traveling, it's probably not extensive as it could be for somebody who has a family who has young kids. So we wanted to share some ideas on where you can kind of save yourself a few dollars, maybe put those dollars towards something else that you want to do. Um, but I think that more and more, I try to remind clients, like your budget should be all inclusive. It should not just be like, 
you know, your flights and your hotel and your transfers, it really take into account what you're going to spend when you're there, because um, you really don't want to be in a situation where you're going above and beyond your budget because you didn't account for something. And then you come home and you're stressed out about whatever finances, you know, are taking place. So, um, so we're going to start with the food and then we have some other tips that are specific to maybe activities or transportation or stuff like that. Uh, but we thought this would be a great, uh, episode to, to share what we do. What do you think, Carmen? I agree because I've had a lot of people ask me, how do you travel, you know, so often and, you know, how do you afford it? And I think, you know, people don't believe that it's within their reach but if they plan for it and they have some some of these tips in place, I think it can be done. And, you know, when you when we talk about food, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Disney and my family. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, on that note, talking about planning for it. Right. The first tip I can think of is, you know. I tell people like I get the same thing, like how do you travel so often? I think it's a little easier now that I work in the industry. So I get perks and I get benefits. It maybe the average person wouldn't get. But I think and Carmen, you and I have had this conversation so many times. It's like you prioritize what's important to you. Yes. So if travel is important to you, guess what? You're going to prioritize planning for it. Right? right. And one of the tips that I can give you right off the bat is if you know that you want to go on a trip, maybe once a year, maybe you have a family and it's not as easy to do multiple trips a year, but you know, you want to take one big trip a year. So, okay. Maybe you start by cutting certain things out before, like at home so that you can actually save a little bit of extra money to go on that trip. So if you're eating out all the time, maybe you cut back on one meal out a week or two meals out a week, and you put that money aside for your travel purposes. Right. That's right. You know, like from a financial perspective, I tell people all the time, like you, you're going to spend the money now, or you're going to spend it later. Exactly. You decide how you spend it, right? So the eating out one is a perfect example of people that order out all the time or go out to eat. That's their priority. They don't want to take the time to meal prep or cook or, you know, whatever it is. So then, you know, if they, they wanted to travel, they'd have to make a shift in that. So like yeah. you use that in order to be successful there. So, and, and I think you get a two, four there, like a two for, is that what it's called? Like two for one, right? Like yeah. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to cut out, you know, a couple of meals out um, a week, from your schedule, you know, from your expenses, not only are you saving money for your future travels, but two, it's also healthier. Yes. You know exactly what's in your food. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, listen, listen to Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> she knows, she knows. All right. So what are some of the things you can do once you're in destination to help ease your budget? Um, I mean, we can, uh, one thing Carmen and I did, we went to Iceland together and when um, we stayed at an Airbnb, so we had we had access to a kitchen. So that's something to consider is like, especially if you have a family, get an Airbnb or get an apartment hotel, something, a place that has a kitchen. We recognized very quickly while we were in Iceland just how expensive it was to eat out there. Yeah, like the first morning. Yeah. <laughs> we got a little bit of, we got bill shock <laughs> from a yeah, you know, with bagel and coffee. So yeah, there's two bagels, a coffee, a coffee and a crepe. And it was $70, 70 US dollars. I was like, yes. what? <laughs> yes. So, you know, getting to Iceland might be inexpensive, but once you're there, eating out is not cheap. 
and we're just being honest with you, particularly if you're going with a family. So mm-hmm. staying in an Airbnb or an accommodation with a kitchen is a great way to save money because you can prepare some of your meals in-house or in the apartment and save money on eating out. Now, we're not saying like you're on vacation. Do you really want to be cooking the entire time? Obviously not. No, no. Right. So the way we did it was we would have our breakfast in the Airbnb. Um, we would pack up some lunch with us, you know, if we thought we were going to be, cause we were driving to a lot of, uh, further locations. So we'd pack up a lunch with us and then we would indulge in a nice dinner somewhere, wherever we were, like we'd go out to have dinner and that kind of, that worked for us. It really did help us from a budget perspective. And that was a similar approach that I took when my kids were little. So when they're really little, you can sort of get away with a lot. But once they start that age where they're like 10, 12, and they want to eat from the adult menu, it gets really expensive really fast. And we had five, you know, so it was like, oh my God, like we can't, we can't do this. So we would budget to always make sure that we had a really good dinner, but we would, you know, pack a lunch, like you said, and we would make breakfast in the room, you know, in the, in the hotel or, or, um, wasn't Airbnbs then it was just like condos or whatever. Right. So I say that because I. Um, this, is, this is the funny story I was going to tell you. My sister-in-law called me to ask me once if I, um, you know, how did I like the Disney breakfast, you know, that they do with the characters for the kids. And I was just laughing. I was like, what? No, we did not do any of that. I said, <laughs> I said, we had breakfast at the hotel, right? Like I was whipping stuff up for the kids in the morning. We brought lunch and we would literally go to the parking lot and open the cooler and, op- you know, have sandwiches and drinks and fruits and chips and all that stuff like a picnic and then we would go back in and then we would leave the park because the park was so expensive when my kids were little a bottle of water was four dollars four dollars oh, it's even more expensive now it's oh ridiculous. yeah so think about it because that was so many years ago and so if you think about it for the average family that would be one of your second you know, like your second bill you know besides the flights and all of that would be the food so you have to be strategic it worked fine for us the kids thought it was fun it gave us a break we'd go back in and spend the rest of the time and then we would have a really you know a, not really nice because with kids they don't want to eat like you know adults but we'd have a decent dinner every single night and they love that you know yeah and yeah. so it's a really good approach to make it happen if i had to pay for breakfast, lunch, and dinner out, we probably wouldn't be able to afford it. Cause then you, you know, for us, it was like Disney and universal and all the tickets and everything costs so much money. So we were like, and the flight and the flights getting there. Exactly. <laughs> so if you want to be able to pay for those excursions and, or like, you know, other activities and not just stay at the hotel, then you have to be able to, you know, cut costs somewhere where you have a yeah. good family. So yeah, I agree with the, I'm the same way now that the kids are gone. I don't want to know about cooking when I'm out when I'm on vacation, because it really is vacation for me not to have to cook. I'll make a meal here and there if I have to, but um, it truly feels like vacation when I don't have to worry about the kitchen. Now, let me ask you a question as a parent. Do you feel like, because the the response to that might be like, well, that kind of takes away from the whole experience. Do you feel like it took away from your kid's experience? No, no, not at all. I mean, I think just having dinner out every night was a big deal for them because, you know, I, we we were big at cooking, cooking at home. So it okay. was something different for them. Yeah, that was plenty. So they're just happy to be at the parks and happy to be at the pool and, you know, happy to be out and about on vacation. And that that was plenty for them. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, moms who have been moms for a while and have multiple kids are probably well aware of this point. Right. But if you're a newer mom or maybe you're just having your second child and you're trying to figure out, like, how do how how do I make this work? How You were someone who enjoyed going away. And now all of a sudden, you know, you have obviously more responsibilities. Like, how do you make that happen? How do you make that work? 
Um, and even when they're infants, like, you know, my, my daughter, when she travels with the boys, um, it takes a lot to pack. You have to pack and bring a lot of things with you, like to care for the children. As you get they get older, you do less of that, but then you're purchasing more things out and about, which right. is where you got to budget for it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, one of the other points that Carmen and I were talking about, um, well, in this, in the kind of the same vein is this idea of like packing your own snacks, um, so that you have them throughout the day to kind of fuel you. Um, and you're not having to maybe, um, go and, um, go get lunch, go, like, go get a big lunch. You know what I'm saying? The snacks can kind of hold you over till, till dinner. One of the things I do is, and this is a little different from staying in a kitchen, but if I stay in a, in a hotel, um, I make sure I stay in a hotel with a breakfast buffet. Yes. Um, to me, that is a must because I eat breakfast every day. So usually the breakfast buffet is so big. Like you can, it has so many options that it'll hold me over till late in the day. So if I take a few little snacks with me, like a granola bar or a banana or something like that, it will, like, if I start to feel a little bit of hungry, it, I'll eat it and then it'll hold me over till dinner time. Mm -hmm. And that way um, it allows me to kind of pack more into my day in terms of seeing and doing things mm -hmm. where I'm not taking out an extra hour or two to go have lunch. Right. I still feel like I have fuel in me. And then again, I can indulge in my dinner. I rather indulge in dinner than indulge in lunch, but that's just me. And speaking of snacks, let me tell you, um, I just can't get over how expensive things are at the airport now. Hey, so yes. I try to like pack like chopsticks or like granola or nuts or something like that, that I can have in my backpack. You gotta be careful with the nuts. Cause I've, I've been on two different flights where they're like, you cannot have nuts or anything with peanut because yeah. of, uh, you know, severe allergy. But you know, for me, just having it, having a few things in my backpack that I can, you know, eat now, some, some flights will give you um, a snack, right. Or you buy something, but it's still more expensive than if you take, you know, something yourself. But I find that you know, most of the time, again, it's about planning. Most people don't plan. So they like run to the airport and now they're waiting and they realize that they haven't eaten and they're not going to eat for whatever amount of hours their flight is like a real meal. And they'll spend money at the airport, you know, on, on junk that is literally like really marked up. Really. Yeah, it, I mean, the yeah, it's insane. I mean, you know, they have a captive audience, right? So they're like, let's jack up this price because they can't go somewhere else and get it. So <laughs> exactly. take, just take your snacks with you to the airport. Nobody's going to take them away from you, right? Like you can get them through TSA and you can sit there at the gate and have your snacks and know that you didn't spend, you spent a third of what you would have spent had you brought it at the airport, exactly. right? Um, <laughs> And in that same vein, talking about the airport, um, one of the things that I do now is I bring my own water bottle everywhere, my own reusable water bottle, because almost every airport now has those water fountains where you can just put the water bottle and, yes. you know, fill up your water bottle because water at the airport is also super expensive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so just something to think about. And if you go to a place like Italy, like Rome, like, or um, you can walk around, they have water water fountains for water bottles. I just went in November. I love that. That was something that I haven't seen in most cities. And I, I really do love that. That's a great, that's a great tip. Yeah. So if you're traveling, traveling in Italy, just know, bring your water bottle with you because you can fill up with, and it's, it's drinkable water. Like it's, you know, you're not going to have any issues. Um, By the way, for most people, they'll give you water on the flight. But what I find, and this is a personal thing, I drink <laughs> a ton of water. 
I drink a ton of water. And in some flights, depending which airline, some will give you a water bottle, but some will just pour some in a cup for you. Yeah. And then they keep asking for more water, which is annoying to me, if depending on the length of the flight. So I do like the idea of bringing your own water bottle and having that ready. I do too. I do too. I don't want to have to get up and ask. I don't want to have to keep asking for, for, for a drink. So I'm completely with you. Um, one of the other points that Carmen and I were talking about was uh, once you're in your destination, try eating some local street food. Mm. Um, street food is often cheaper than eating at a restaurant, right? Because you're not uh, there's no, there's not the markup for the service and everything else. Right. Um, and the overhead expense that the restaurant incurs. Um, and it can also be a great way to try new foods and really experience the local culture. I feel like it brings you just that much closer to the local people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cultures where, you know, that that is something you do want to do is try the street food. You know, you go to Singapore, you want to try the street food, like Thailand, like all these different countries. Um, that is something that that's part of the experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I know when we were in China, you tried some of the street food. <laughs> and- <laughs> Um, Carmen was like, I'm going to try, I can't remember. What was that thing that you tried when we were? I don't remember the name, but it was this, you know, the, the little thing circled on a stick or whatever. And it looked like it was candy, right? It looked like it was something sweet. Yeah. It was okay, but it was just good to know that I tried something, you know, yeah. the location. Yeah. Yeah. In Mexico, um, you know, the street vendors, they'll sell you like tacos and stuff like that. They're so delicious. I mean, like, yeah. And I know people get into this thing of like, oh, no, 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 try street food because I don't want to get sick. You can get sick anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I, I, I'm i not saying that there's not a possibility you'll get sick. It is a possibility, but you can get sick from eating at a restaurant. Yeah. And I have to say, like, there, you know, food trucks have uh, in most areas have licensing and stuff like that. But if you think about it, those folks aren't trying to get anybody sick. This exactly. Is, this is their livelihood. Right. So. Yeah. You know, and for me, it's about, it's part of the travel experience. What are the locals eat? You know what I mean? Like, I want to know, like, I, I want that experience. So exactly. And I'm with you. Um, another tip is eating during off peak hours, um, such as like having a later breakfast or an earlier dinner. Um, this hasn't been my experience for, but from what I understand, like it can sometimes result in like discounted prices at a restaurant just because they're trying to drive a little bit more traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may get like uh, a two for one or I don't know, something of that sort. So that's something to consider. Yeah. Um, I think also it just helps to beat the rush. You're not dealing with a ton of people, mm-hmm. right? And you can get seated faster and so forth. Um, in that same vein, what I would say is avoid touristy areas to eat because, and this is particularly the case in a place like Rome, right? If you eat in and around the Colosseum, in and around like the Vatican City, like you're going to pay more. Those right. restaurants tend to be a little bit more touristy. So they're just a little bit more expensive than restaurants that are in less popular areas. Um, and so I think if you go and explore, we talk, we've talked about really kind of getting off the beaten path and exploring new places and really taking your time walking around like that in itself is going to lead you to, you know, restaurants that you may have not discovered otherwise. Yeah. 
Well, we we did that in Colombia, right? Yeah. We went to that, you know, we call it like a little um, mom and pop um, restaurant, and it, the food was amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But again, off the beaten path. So, um, well, and that's let's actually that's a great example, right? We went to a uh, restaurant that sold authentic Colombian, um, the paisana, which is uh, uh, the Colombian dish that's well known in the Andes region of Colombia, right? That's the name of the dish. I'm like drawing a blank. Sorry, my memory goes. Yeah, we call it, over here, we call it plato paisa, but it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I'm like, did I just say that wrong? No, I don't think I said that wrong. <laughs> right. So when I tell you, like, first of all, compared to all the other meals that we had in El Centro Historico, mm -hmm. which is the walled city of Cartagena, this meal was so much cheaper right? Like we paid like nothing for that meal. It was. It, it was so cheap. And the plate, the serving was so large mm -hmm. that me and my cousin, Carmen's husband, split our plate and we were both still full. Yes. The food. Yep. And we paid considerably less. And this was a place there was like, there was like no one in there. <laughs> we went in there and then some locals came in to eat. Um, that's how, you know, it's good too. When the locals are eating there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the locals were eating and like, it was just, it was one of the most memorable meals for me. Number one. And number two, it was also the cheapest meal. <laughs> right. And you literally could see like the grandmas in the kitchen cooking, you know, like through the, you know, uh, through where we were sitting. So, you know, it's authentic. They're making it right there. It was delicious and cheap. You can't get better than that. Exactly, exactly. And this kind of leads us to our next point, which is eat like a local. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> eat at family-owned restaurants. They're cheaper. They're more authentic than eating at touristy restaurants. Go to local food markets, right? Like we did that in Peru. We walked around in the local food market in Cusco. We got, we got to try different things. We got to see people just engaging in their day-to-day -day in the market it just was such an authentic experience and it helped you. We, we learned about things that they eat that we didn't even know about, you know? Right. No, <laughs> so, I, you know, um, I've, I always say this, like speak to the locals about where they eat, you know, and they'll tell you, if you tell them, I don't want to eat where the tourists eat, you know, like, where do you eat? And they'll tell you like, Oh, like you might have to take a cab or, you know, go out a few blocks or something like that. But they're going to tell you about some restaurant or some like food truck or some whatever that you're going to get a better meal, you know, Absolutely. Like a authentic local inexpensive meal that doesn't have all the fluff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we found that place in Colombia. Cause Carmen asked um, our taxi driver, like, where can we go find this? And he put us on to this place and it was, oh, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> I'm going to go back. <laughs> I was just in Colombia at the end of the January and I didn't go get to go try it. I didn't get to go back to that place. Um, but oh, it was so good. I plan on going back at some point. Um, and then I think one of the things that maybe people don't think about um, before they travel, right? Because you're so busy packing and just trying to get everything together is like researching local deals. Like some restaurants will offer deals or discounts on certain days of the week or during certain times of the day. So doing that research ahead of time, it can really help you find um, deals and save money. I have found deals for restaurants in like Savannah or Charleston when I was going with my husband, like through Groupon. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. Especially you know, if it's a new place or, you know, a place that's trying to get some attention. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, we uh, we have another episode on apps. And that might be a great way for you to explore as well. Some, you know, these kind of things, like, do they offer deals? Do they offer discounts? Do they, you know, for special days of the week? Like, do they have a happy hour? Like I, there's, I live here in the Miami area and um, there is an amazing Japanese restaurant and I can't think of the name right now. It starts with a K it's um, down in Miami beach. And on certain days of the week, they have happy hour pricing where you can get food that otherwise would be much more expensive at dinner time for certain hours from like four to seven, you can get everything like half off. Right. You know, it's like a great way to experience a new restaurant without having to overpay for stuff. I don't know if they do this everywhere, but here I'm in Massachusetts in Boston area, they do um, restaurant month. And that's something that, you know, they, they, they do that here them. in Miami too. Yeah, really good restaurants will like slash their price. So like, if you happen to be looking into, you don't have a specific month, you have to go. That's another way to really eat well while you're traveling. Cause some of the better restaurants will literally give, they'll either set a, a menu for you. Like, you know, um, uh, appetizer menu and yeah exactly or um you know or they'll just tell you like if you come in this normal steak meal is going to be half the price you know what I mean so right. you're really saving and you're able to try you know more restaurants and more things so yeah another one to consider absolutely and again uh something else you can do is research any festival that might be taking place in the area that you're going to, because festivals, one, are a great way to engage with the culture, just hands-on, right? Because you get to like see people in their everyday environment again. But two, most festivals, you they have food. Yes. So course. you can go and try some of the local stuff, right? Mm -hmm. From local vendors as well. So just, I know that people are like, oh God, it's like more research, more stuff, but this is, you know, part of the travel experience. So exactly. it's worth it if you're planning and you're going to save money. I always like to find ways to save money so I can spend money on the things that I want when I'm exactly. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I can splurge a little bit more on other things, whether it's an excursion or I want to buy something and bring it back. I, I'll have the money for that. So, yeah, like for me, I prioritize when I'm travel, I prioritize the experiences because I feel like those are the things that leave me with the memories. Yeah. So, you know, so I'd rather spend my money on the experiences. Now I do want to, I do think that having food is an experience in itself, mm -hmm. but, um, I don't, I, I don't know that I would say every meal is an experience, right? I like, know, yeah. yeah. So I want to be uh, thoughtful about my budget where I can. And then when I'm going to like a nice restaurant or a restaurant I've been anticipating, then I'll splurge. And that to me is an experience, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I'm in, I'm present, I'm in the moment and I really could just try to take in every flavor and every feeling and everything that's happening in that moment. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. Um, so those kind of were like some of the tips that we talked about initially. Did you, do you have anything else that you would add to that? Not food related. I have others though. Okay. All right. So why don't we move on to the others Okay. and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll think of something else food related while we're on it. <laughs> so do you want to kick us off on the other tips? 
Yeah, uh, not food related, but I always think of like, how can I save money, um, you know, prior to travel, right? So I do have a credit card that delivers points. And for me, like that's saved me money because I use it like I normally do. And then the points allow me to buy, you know, flights. So for me, like free flights, because I was going to buy those things anyway, is a big way to save money. And we we use it every year. Like we use it. I purposefully use it for everything. Like I slide my card for everything. And then I literally just send the money every week um, in to pay for it because I was going to spend that money on groceries anyway. And I'm just right. sliding my card and sending the money in because it's accumulating points. And it's a way to sort of um, you know, receive free flights. My daughter has uh, the opposite. She does a hotel. So she gets free hotel nights because, you know, she, because she travels a lot through work and um, by booking with them, the same, same chain, I think all of them have it, right. Whether it's Marriott, yeah. Hilton, whoever, um, then you're able to get some a free hotel as well, which is another nice discount for your travel. And not everybody has that. And I get it, but I think it's, if you're tra- if you're planning to travel a lot, it's worth looking into, especially if you're not the type of person that pays everything cash. Particularly if you already have a credit card, change that credit card in for one that's going to get you something for, exactly. for using it. Right? Exactly. Why are you paying? Why are you using a credit card that's not delivering something back to you that's giving you <clears> a <throat> benefit? You're paying interest on that credit card, anyways, right? Like, or hopefully you're not if you're paying it off, right? But right. Hmm. Maybe it's something as simple as I have this credit card. It really doesn't give me any benefit. Let me try to find one that does. And I can just exchange one for the other and then use the one, the the, the travel related, travel rewards related one to right. get something from it. There is a, um, there's a podcast that I listen to uh, and they have a website. It's called choosefi.com. Um, FI stands for financial independence. It's kind of like financial freedom. And they have a great, um, you know, I haven't been on that website in a minute, so I'm not quite sure if it's still up, but they had, um, and I think they still do, a great course on how to maximize your travel rewards, Mm. um, like how to make the most of them, right? Without getting yourself into any financial debt or issues. Um, It's the secret, right? is like I'm already using the card I already had a credit card right and I'm using it for everything that I do like I normally would so I'm not like overspending or and you have to be able to in my opinion as a financial coach you have to be able to send the money back in right away so you're not accumulating interest or you're just losing out right it's like it's you have to be strategic yeah well the the thing that they do really well which I haven't seen other people do. And this this is why I really like them was that they actually walk you through, okay, what are the top reward cars, cards you should consider? And then they'll say to you, okay, here's how you can maximize those rewards, right? So let's say you have an American Express that gives you travel rewards. And I'm just using this as an example because I am no expert in this category. Um, it does take some practice, I think. And I think it takes <laughs> like time to wrap your head around it. But like things like, you know, you take your American Express points, your American Express points can be transferred to other reward systems. So they're actually almost in a way more valuable because you can use them across multiple platforms versus like a Marriott where you can only use it in Marriott and maybe whatever partnerships that they have, right? And I'm paraphrasing here. So if I get this wrong and you're a travel rewards expert, please don't come for me. Just correct me and I will <laughs> issue an apology here, okay? Um, 
<laughs> so they they do a really good job of explaining those like semantics to you and really like helping you understand like if you have X hundred of number thousands of reward points with this card, here's the best way to use them. They also go into like, you know, this airline has a partnership with all these other airlines and you're going to get more with those partnership airlines and you're going to get with this one, but you can transfer your points to that airline partnership, right? So it's like those little details that I think a lot of us are either just don't know haven't taken the time to learn it it can seem overwhelming and daunting you know they're very good at explaining that so that's awesome mm-hmm. another another one um for me and you'll be careful with this one it's a travel off season so that's huge savings right there now yeah. when i say you have to be careful because we've done it a few times and what's wonderful is you have less crowds and things are cheaper and you really do feel like you're getting more for your buck hotels will tend to be cheaper you know like you said the restaurants will tend to have deals or whatever but you have to be careful that it's not one of those locations that's off season and a lot of things close down. Right. So for example, in Massachusetts, the Cape goes off season, right? In the winter. And, um, you know, I happen to travel there a lot for work and a lot of things that are normally open on season are closed, you know, whether yeah. the movie theater, restaurants, you know, different things. So you're kind of like, what's, you know, it's not the same experience, mm-hmm. but if you do your research, you know, most, most locations, even in off season are open. They're just, you know, they're trying to get customers in the door. So they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to be happy to see you. Yeah. And to that point too. And stuff like that. Yeah. And to that point too, you can also, you can travel if you, if you're willing to, instead of waiting to off peak season, do what's what's called shoulder season, right? In the travel industry, there's what's called shoulder season, which is the time period, the period between peak and off peak. There's like a short period of time there. Yes. And that shoulder season, the prices drop considerably. So if you're going to someplace like the Maldives, right? And you look at their shoulder season, which I think is like sometime in like May to June, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can get considerably great accommodations for a lot less because it's, they're going into their off-peak season. Mm-hmm. So something to consider. You also have to remember that off-peak season sometimes has to be, is sometimes due to the weather, right? right. So <laughs> for instance, uh, Costa Rica, right? Costa Rica, their rainy season starts in, in and around May, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go, things are going to be less expensive, but just know that every day at two o'clock, it's probably going to rain. Right. right. You have to be okay with that. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Exactly. So if you're okay with that and you're willing, you're, you're fine with that, then take it full advantage. And it's funny because you just never know with mother nature. Cause I read like travel vlogs where they're like, uh, you know, I went in the off season and it was perfect the whole time, you know, and then I've also read like I, it was raining the whole time or snowing or whatever, like in Iceland. So I think it's, you know, you're taking a chance, but it really depends what you're going to try to do as well. Because if you're, you know, if you're trying to be at the beach and the rain's going to be a big deal, if yeah. you're going to be inside museums and doing other excursions that, you know, or just traveling, visiting people, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. Yeah. And now with climate change, it's all hit or miss. Sometimes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm not laughing at climate change. I think it's a serious problem, but I'm just saying, you know, just in the just makes an, an, another uh, quirk in travel, right? Exactly. Exactly. So just things to to think about right like those and and um it's not just accommodations like flights can be considerably less as well if you're traveling during that time um i think in the 
staying in like the same spirit of, you know, when to travel. I think one of the things that a lot of people, I, I say this, I say this with love to all my clients. Can you book your stuff in advance, please? Because when you come to me three months, two months before you're supposed to go, I can't find you good, good prices. No. And the, and the, the, the flights are so expensive right now. And they, you know, we were just talking about this. I told you, Amarillis, that one of the things that makes me crazy is like, we, I was just looking one to come down and see you and two to go visit my mom and both right. expensive. And horrible flight patterns too. It's not even anything that's convenient. So you're like, oh, that's great because I'm going to pay a lot more money, but it's going to be a good time for me. No, middle of the night, having to do stops like that to me is not not the way to travel. So, um, you know, it's been, I agree with you. The earlier you can get them in, the better you are. Yeah. I mean, I know like my husband is a horrible planner. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Like he gets on me because He'll, like we'll be in one vacation and I'll be planning for the next one. And he's like, we haven't even finished this one. How, why are you already planning the next one? And I'm like, you got to plan ahead. You can't just walk up like a week before and be like, oh yeah, let's go. Like, this yeah, you can, wait a second. Let me back up. You can do that I if was you want to, say, but you're going to pay a premium. Right. And I was going to say there is sometimes there's an opportunity for what they call last minute deals if they're trying to fill a cruise, you know, ship or something like that. But you're taking a huge chance if that's where you travel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it can Those happen. are far and few in between. Those are not that's not the norm. That's not the norm. Exactly. Yeah, that's not the norm. So I have to constantly remind him of that. And then, you know, what he says to me is, well, that's why I have you. <laughs> you. <laughs> that's what I said earlier. That's why you're there for him. Right. Everybody has. Their <laughs> I am the planner and he just shows up at the airport and goes, where are we going? Yeah. Now, you see that yeah. meme on, in, on social media where it's yeah. like my friend who plans and me just showing up at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that is my amazing. relationship. That's great. Um, yeah. Hey, I just thought of another one um, because this is such a good experience. And I think. You know, you have to be willing to, I walk a lot and I love walking, but I think not renting a car in certain scenarios is a big deal. Mm-hmm. We did this in Portugal, remember? Um, so we did have to rent a car in the South, but we didn't rent a car in Lisbon. No, you, you, there's some certain cities don't even bother. <laughs> it was amazing though. Not just, we got so many steps in every day. But mm-hmm. what I love about not renting a car is you get to see how they live. You're walking through neighborhoods, you're walking, you know, through um, shops and um, people sitting outside and the kids coming out of school and seeing how people live in their houses and listening to the local music and all of that. I love it. I love it because I feel like it's part of the experience. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sometimes you need a rental car, like if you have to go somewhere further, but you can always do that while you're in your trip, you know, but we did, we did um, Baro, I think, and in Lisbon, both. Um, am I getting that wrong? Anyway, we did two of them by um foot and then just mm-hmm. one of them we had to rent a car. So Porto, yeah. I think Porto. Porto sorry, yeah. Porto, you're right. Yeah. We did Porto and Lisbon walking and we had to get a car to Faro because we were gonna hit all the beaches, right? So we had to get it they were far one yeah. from the other. But yeah, what a great experience. I just, you know, and sit in the co- local coffee shops, like you know, not the Starbucks, like go to the local coffee shop or tea shop or whatever, sandwich shop, whatever, and just sit and listen to the locals and you know, whatever their music is playing, eat what they eat. It's just that's what makes the experience, you know. Yeah, and you're giving you're walking in because you need to walk after all that eating. <laughs> yeah, and you're pouring back into the local economy, which is great too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the same vein as walking, if you're in a city where biking is a big thing. 
Yes. Join in, you know, if you're in an Amsterdam where everybody rides their bikes, like take part in that. Um, sorry, if you hear noises, that's my dog who's like sniffing away, sneezing oh. away in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of cities have like bike rental programs or bike sharing systems that make it easy and affordable to rent a bike for a few hours a day. Even now you see certain cities have those like electric scooters, which I freaking hate. I know this is not, <laughs> I know this is not um, a popular opinion, but I can't stand those electric scooters. I can't stand them. Oh, that's funny. I just don't like them. I feel like uh, I'm not even going to get into it. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just, it's just a pet peeve of mine. And I really have no reason for disliking them. I just do. So, you know, um, another thing is um, consider taking public transportation, mm-hmm. um, such as buses or trains. Sometimes it's just easier to do that than taking a taxi or renting a car. Um it's cheaper and it's sometimes just easier. Like in London, I take, I take, I take the tube everywhere. Like I don't, I don't really take a taxi unless I'm, unless there's like, I'm like dressed up to go somewhere and I'm in heels and I don't really feel like take, but for the most part, I have no problems taking public transportation. Um, a perfect example, we were in Lima, Peru. We needed to get from one side of the city to the other. And we literally were told by the locals, you're actually better off just taking the bus that runs across town. Because if you jump in a taxi, you're going to be sitting in traffic the entire time at this hour. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just little things like that. And uh, this is another situation where asking a local is going to benefit you because they're going to know, um, you know, those little details like, when is traffic the heaviest? What's the best way to get from here to there and so forth? And, and when we went to Italy, the taxi system was amazing. Like you would go downstairs and tell the, <clears throat> if you were going far, you would tell the um, person at the front desk, they'd call and then they'd be like, okay, you know, um, so-and-so is going to pick you up. This is their taxi number. And then they'd show up and they were very friendly, talkative, you know, again, you get to figure out a little bit more about what's going on in the community instead of like, you know, jumping on, having a rent-a-car and being by yourself trying to figure things out, right? So, and and we we took quite a few cabs in Italy. Um, that seems to be like the method of transportation. I mean, they have buses too and trains, but we took trains to travel from one to the other, which is, they have a really good system. But yeah. again, just really, for me, it was, it was easy and I love simple. Uh, it was easy and uh, and again a good way to engage with the locals. You know, I love to talk to them about you know are you from here because that's a big thing too. Like you know sometimes they're not right here and what what do you recommend that we see and stuff like that and it really helps you know as well. Yeah, a tip here though what I what I would tell what I would caution people is depending on where you're going, if somebody tells you that it's only fifteen minutes, double it. Okay. (laughs) If you're in the Caribbean and they tell you it's only 15 minutes, double. Okay. Because I I mean, I can tell you from, as a Puerto Rican, we have no concept of how long it takes to get anywhere. No. (laughs) Island time. Everybody's on chill. Exactly. Get there when we get there. That's the problem. (laughs) So there's certain cultures where you just know, you will start to learn. I have to double the time Mm. that, that I'm told by a local. Um, the other thing is, um, 
from a transportation perspective. So my mom and I did this when we were in Paris um, and I've done it in London as well. So, you know, those big red buses, the hop on and hop off bus, Yes, the they go to a lot of the major tourist sites. So if it's your first time in a city and you know, you're going to be going to a lot of the major tourist sites, buy yourself a two or three day pass for that hop on hop off bus. And what you can do is use that as a way to get to and from certain tourist destinations, yeah, jump yeah. off, go see, and then you jump back on and you, you know, you it, sometimes they go a little bit of route out of the way, but it's a great way to see the city and you kind of can save some money. You save some money on the transportation as well. And it gets you to all of the major sites that you want to see. Awesome. So something to consider. And those I've done them. I've done that in Mexico City. Before I moved to Mexico City, I went for a weekend to kind of check it out before I, I actually made the move. So I, I did that. I used the hop, in, hop on, hop off bus. I've done it in London. I've done it in Paris. I've done it in, like all the major cities now have them. Okay. So it's yeah. definitely something to consider. <laughs> That's a great one. That is a great yeah. one. Um, um, go ahead. Everybody likes museums when they travel. But if you do, because I, I have gone to some great museums, if you look in advance and plan, again, plan. Um, a lot of times the museums will have days that they have either free or discount, right? Absolutely. So going to, I mean, some some museums are just free, right? Like yeah. in, in some some areas, but for the most part, in the United States usually pay, right? For um, hotel, uh, for museums and they've gone up. Sometimes you're paying for parking and other fees. So why not save some money if you can go on, if you're there for the week and you can go on a Wednesday for free or for a half a price, you know, like look into it so you can save some money on, on your excursion as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would add to that, um, the, to the museum thing. Oh my God. I just lost my train of thought. I love when that happens. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> I literally, as you said, I was like, Oh, I got to remember this other. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Um, in addition to that, if you're a student, if you're a teacher, if you're a senior citizen, ask if they have discounts because they always tend to have discounts. So, and if you, like I know with Miguel, whenever we go to museums because he's a professor or, you know, a teacher, uh, he shows his ID and we're, he gets a discounted rate. That's so if you have children, definitely, you know, they're students, they get, they should be able to get a discount. If you're over the age, you know, if you're considered a senior citizen, same thing. Um, if you have AARP, I know everybody thinks AARP is for old people, but I get AARP <laughs> and I don't consider myself old yet. Well, it's funny because I just, my sister-in-law told me recently that they moved the, the age down. Yeah. Like you get solicitations now, like in your forties. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I didn't know that I was throwing away the envelopes that I yeah. was getting because I thought I didn't qualify. To well, you. And they have tons of discounts. You can get car rental discounts. You can get all kinds of travel discounts through them as well. So something to look into, you know, um, you know, 10% here, 10% there, it adds up. It mm -hmm. adds up, right? Especially again, if you go back to, I want to travel more, how can I do this in a very financially, sensible way right yeah. um hey, another um, thing go ahead go ahead no no it's because i was going to change the subject so finish your thought uh no i was actually going to move on to another another tip as well so you go first okay so i was gonna, I was just thinking of this because it's happened to me twice in europe so i want to bring this up pack light people pack light <laughs> yes because if you do not and i consider that i pack light i go everywhere with a carry-on but i guess not according to, you know, like the standards for Europe is different than the United States. So, you know, like I have had twice to 
uh, have to check my bag or pay, you know, a, a higher rate because they weigh it, even though it fits in the little box, it weighs more than they want. So they charge you for that. So, you know, I've learned and uh, we've gotten better uh, every time we travel. I think when I first traveled, I was joke, me and my husband, I was joke about this. One of the first trips that I took, my daughter and I took a separate luggage just with shoes. Like, you know, we filled it with our shoes, sneakers, sandals, all this stuff. And so now we travel like I if it's a weekend thing, I can do it in a backpack. If it's a week thing, you know, or 10 days, I can do it in my carry on unless the only trip was when we went to um, Iceland because we had to carry boots and heavy coats and sweaters right. and stuff like that. But for the most part, pack light because it means less fees at the airport, right? Um, you know, today they they nickel and dime you for everything. Almost every single, you know, um, uh, air aircraft is charging for for you know carry ons now and for everything. So you want to be smart about it, plan for it. The last thing you want is to think that you're not going to have to pay and then have that additional cost. And by the way, it's steep in some areas. It is, you know, in some countries it's pretty steep. So and and it's also interesting. The last time that we when we went to Italy on the way down, they charged me for my for my my bag on the way back. The woman saw that it was higher and she was like, "It's okay, go ahead." So, yeah, you know, sometimes it really is dependent on the agent that you get at check-in. Yes, yes. Something as like random as that. It's just who you get at check-in. Some people oh. can be really difficult and other people be like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Kind of was, thing, the, so. the one on the way down to Italy, she was basically like, well, you guys can se separate it. And I was like, I am not doing that. Like, yeah, sit here and put stuff in my husband's luggage and my backpack, all that. I was like, I'm not doing that. So we just paid the fee. And on the way back, we knew I was expecting to pay. And the woman was like, it's okay. You know, like, she, it's fine. It's going on the same flight. I'm like, exactly. It's going on the same flight. Yeah, exactly. I know, right? Like, common sense here, you know, I think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things too. Like if you're, if you're strategic about it, like if you look at, let's say you're going to Europe and you're going to be traveling throughout Europe to different places, my personal, uh, depending on where you're going, I usually would recommend to clients to do the train in Europe. It's just easier. It's faster. You don't have to worry about that extra stuff, but let's say you're flying from, you know, a Lisbon to, I don't know, Greece or Italy or something like that, right? Like sit down, look at, maybe you're taking different airplanes um, or airlines. Um, look at what their requirements are before you get there because that'll help you, that'll help eliminate any like surprise expenses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you're on a tight budget and you're, you don't really want any surprises, <laughs> Again, get a plan ahead. Yeah, just plan ahead. Plan ahead. Mm -hmm. um, I was also going to add to the list of tips um, to take free city tours. Um, mm -hmm. If yeah. you Google, let's say you're going to Barcelona or you're going to Madrid or whatever the case may be, and you Google Madrid free city tours, there are tons, like tons of options will come up. And now they're even more like... I just looked up free city tours in Paris. Like they have all themed free city tours and even some that are um, paid, but they're not as expensive. Um, what I will say is for the free ones, just make sure that you tip your guide because that yeah. is how they make their money. You know, they're not just out there doing this for the, from the kindness of their heart. I mean, some, right. some may be, but you know, they're also looking to make some money. And what I love about the city tours is that you want get to kind of see the landscape of the city, walking it, 
with someone who knows it. And two, you get to learn about the history and the culture and the process. You have someone who you can ask questions to, to understand like, why is this the case? Or why did that happen? Or if you want a little bit more clarification on the history, they'll be able to share that with you. Most of the guides that are doing these things are either like art history majors or history majors, or they're like, or there's somebody who just loves their city so much that they want to share it with people who come to visit. So Mm -hmm. definitely something to check out. It's a great way to um, kind of add an activity to your itinerary without adding the additional cost. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I did one in, I do one in every city I go to. I just did one in Cartagena and it was so informative, really helped me understand the history of Cartagena and the blending of what is like the African culture that is so prominent in Cartagena, as long as, as well as the Spaniard culture, the colonization that took place, and then also where the Mesoamerican Indians kind of came into play as well. So it was definitely very informative, definitely very educational. So something to consider. Great. Good stuff. Um, One other thing I think I want to talk about, because I still see this a lot when I travel with people, um, and you know this because you work in in the telecom space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, phone service where everybody wants to stay connected when they're away. Right. And every, um, every carrier has different options. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know that I would say that you work in telecom anymore, right? They call it technology now. So it's more considered. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I have Mm T-Mobile. I'm a huge advocate for T-Mobile. I say it all the time because I travel a lot and I don't pay anything additional for my phone, international phone service when I travel. Miss T-Mobile, while it may not have the same reach and bandwidth here in the United States, it was, I think my understanding is T-Mobile actually started in Europe. So it has a stronger, what's the word, infrastructure in in overseas. And so um, I... Literally every country I've been to, I have not paid anything additional. I know like an AT&T and a Verizon, they have like a $10 a day package that you can add. Mobile has a $10 uh, package a day. If you use it, it asks you if you want to activate it, you pay for the day. Yeah. If you're traveling for an extensive period of time and you're like, "Mm, I don't know that I want to pay, you know, $10 a day, you can get a SIM card in in the country. Um, you're not, you're going to get another phone number, right? Because it's tied to a phone number, but you'll have access to data. I can tell you before I moved over to T-Mobile, when we went to Peru, I would have, I was on AT&T. We were there for 10 days. I would have paid a hundred and, you know, something dollars for my phone service. I got a local SIM card. I was able to get online, get access to social media, text message or WhatsApp really, right. Um, and do all of that. And I think I paid for my SIM, SIM card and for access, I think I paid 20 bucks compared to the hundred and something dollars that I would have paid. So, yeah. and now they have what's called e-SIM cards, which are just, you don't even need to get a physical SIM card to put in. You can just purchase plans online to your e-SIM card and automatically activate on your phone. So right. technology is just making things so much more simpler. So there is another way for you to save money if you really need to, or you really are looking and that's that's a really good point because I think people are you know nervous about that. Like, what do I do when I get there? And sometimes, you know, obviously the big providers, when you land, they immediately send you a text saying you're going to start roaming or you're going to charge or click here to call and put put yourself on a plan, right? But I think for 
people that don't travel often, that's a fear of theirs. How am I going to get in contact with folks? Or yeah. don't think about it. And then they get to a country and literally cannot connect. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and also, you know, if you have young kids, teenagers, right, that want to stay connected, like, how do you uh, account for that initial, you know, for that additional expense as well? So something to think about. So we could probably talk about this for days because I was going to say, I have a few other things in my mind, but I think I feel like we should just cut it off here. Yeah. With another session. <laughs> um, yeah, we have we could talk about this for days, for days, for days. Um, do another one with hotel stays because I feel like not just hotel stay stays because I, there's such a variety of opportunity these days from hostels to Airbnbs to you know really like I think um, I, I'm learning there's a lot of fun creative ways to stay that are not like your traditional and I think that would be a fun podcast to do some at some point yeah for sure so I'm gonna put in a shameless plug here I actually have a guide that's called the ultimate guide to saving um, you know, or reducing your travel expenses. And I cover a lot of these tips and many, many more in there. So mm -hmm. if anybody's interested, it's available on my website. I'll include the link in the, um, in the notes of the episode. Sounds great. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's really inexpensive. And I promise you the money that you're going to save from in implementing some of those tips will pay for the book itself. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we are going to leave you here. I hope these tips are helpful. You know, I think for both Carmen and I, um, we really just want to inspire and encourage yes. other folks to get out there. And just to kind of talk a little bit about, I know Carmen and I, we've had these conversations. We both come from families that really did not travel extensively. Okay. Right. This is, this is a passion that we discovered a little later in life, right? Like maybe not, not in our old age, but in our, in our twenties, thirties kind of correct thing, yeah. right? Because this is not something we grew up doing. And, you know, our parents worked really hard. They gave us everything that they could give us. We just didn't have the additional disposable income to go travel the world. And so we've been doing it now for so many years and we've tried to find ways to, to make it as feasible for us and our lifestyles as possible. And so we love to share all of this because we want to see other people who maybe kind of grew up the same way and are a little scared or hesitant or don't even know where to start. We just want to share our experiences and our thoughts and our, our tips on how to do stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, and if I could just add one thing to that, you know, don't feel intimidated you're listening to these podcasts because you want to travel more. That's fantastic. Start where you are. Yeah. My first trip with my kids was a road trip. Like yeah. we got in the car and we drove two states over to, to go to some, you know, uh, parks and zoos and stuff like that. So start where you are. Don't feel bad about it. Just make it a habit of making those memories with your family. And then as things get better for you or the kids get older or you get more financially stable or, or you become a better planner or a better saver, whatever it is, then you'll be able to do more of that. And you, um, you know, Marilis and I always talk about this, that we really feel like, um, you know, when you travel, you're being educated. It's such a, it's a, it's such a beautiful experience. And if you can expose yourself and your family to that, do it, do yeah. it just where you are. Don't feel bad about it. You know, we started a long time ago. We've been doing this for a while. The more we do it, the more we learn. And we're just trying to share that with all of you. So I tell people all the time, you know, I plan trips for a living. I don't know it all. Exactly. I, I still learn. <laughs> I still learn. And I'm the first to say I don't know it all. And I think Carmen's point is a great one. Like, 
don't 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 get over try not to get overwhelmed don't worry about what the next person is doing like mm. she said start where you are if there's a town a few you know maybe there's a town in the next state over and you've always wanted to go visit make that a travel experience you can make anything a travel experience honestly and you can learn from it and you can make memories from it and so just give yourself that grace and just just go with it. It'll it'll be fabulous, I promise. Well, just start. Just do it. <laughs> Plan it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Great. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to leave you guys here. And if you have any other additional tips you want to share, please feel free to share them with us. Uh, and um, that's it for today. So yeah. with that, we'll sign off. Sure that you eat well and travel often. Yes. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>